I-C-K-B-A-C-K, the kickback. We live in effect with Reek Reek, Bree Bree, and your boy E-B. Let's have fun. Happy New Year, kickbackers! It's exciting. I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all right now, the temp check for me is dead. All y'all have to do is listen to a few episodes. Y'all know I've been off the numbers for so long. Evie and Sharika are so faithful. I will be like, I'm good or this or that. But I have a new inspiration. And Sharika, you can slap me on the wrist if you want. Uh, because Never I did not tell Evie or Sharika anything about what I'm telling y'all. So y'all are privy to some hot and ready information. On the way to work, I just caught the vibe to tell y'all how I'm feeling through song titles. I'm in the music and arts field, and I said, this could be fun. And today, my vibe is niggas in Paris. I pulled (laughs) up to work. That beat, when it dropped, that was my energy coming to 2021. (laughs) When I tell y'all, we about to get a new president. I am still working and I am thankful. My supervisor came to my office today. I was like, sir, I have no complaints. Even if I did, y'all, he's not gonna hear him because I'm happy, I'm blessed, I'm well-fed. And that's what it is. And employed. What did they say, ball so hard? <laughs> that's what it is. That's my energy. So, okay, y'all interpret that temperature for what you think it is. Sharika, Evie, how are y'all feeling? That is hilarious to me. I, you, you, me and you, we just connect so well. That's how I live my life in song. Like there's just different songs for different stages. Different people got songs in my mind. When I think of a song, it's connected to a person. My husband and I were away and we were traveling back. This song is old. I don't even know if y'all are aware of this song. I mean, it's not old, old, but it's, um, it's, it's called Ugly by Bubba Sparks. And I was just in the car listening to that song. My husband was playing all kinds of different hip hop and stuff. And I was just like, this is my energy. This is not the energy I need to bring to 2021, but it is going to get ugly up in here. Sometimes it just got to, oh, I just love that song. So, you know, if you need something to just get you a little hot, get you a little hype, listen to the song Sabrina suggested and go listen to Ugly by Bubba Sparks. It, it just... It is, it is what I'm feeling right now. First day back at work this week. After coming off that vacation, ooh, it's, it's a little bit more tiring than I expected. Just being chill, being able to chill for, you know, the holidays. And especially now that it's COVID, wasn't doing too much of anything because I'm trying to stay safe. So, you know, after chilling for so hard for so long, having to be up early and being at work and doing all the things, I'm just like, ooh, ooh, it started to take a toll on me. But I am, like Sabrina says, blessed grateful for a job, grateful for employment, grateful for a great place to work. And I just got really no complaints. I know I said I was tired, but I'm just fatigued a little, but I'm not complaining. EV, happy new year. How are you? Happy new year. I'm going to go ahead and just dive straight in as well. And I'm going to steal a little bit of what Sabrina did. I'll do a song title too. And if I was doing a song title, it would have to be one of some people say my dog's still living other people say he did but i would just say my guy and the greatest rapper of all time for me tupac with keep your head up and i say keep your head up because of what all of us experienced in 2020 and though i had some i would say some hard days last year i felt like i've overcome a lot and that song continued to 
resonate in my head. I have another song, but I might use that one next week. Mm-hmm. But keep your head up is definitely something that is how I'm feeling that, you know, punches, of course, they keep being thrown, but, you know, just got to keep your head up. Take it one day at a time. If people who are around me enough, especially people who work with me uh, or work in the same building, I don't say work with me, work in the same building, when they always ask me how I'm doing, I always sit to say it's another day in paradise um, mm-hmm. just to try to stay focused and optimistic with the craziness in the world that all of us have to live in. But yeah, that's how I'm doing. Sharika, who who you bringing to the table? This person, sometimes I'd be scrolling social media and there's just certain people pages when you get to them, they just make you feel happy. They make you feel upbeat. They make you feel like, you know, the world is all right. There are great people out there. They make you want to smile and laugh. And so I'm going to tell you about somebody who's social media page besides what all the other great things they do that just encourages me and just makes me smile and laugh and just have a lighthearted feeling so I'm going to tell you about this lady but she might comfort me for putting her government name out here because it's not a name that I knew her by before I looked her up and wanted to tell y'all about her do you guys know who Celestine Ann Knowles is nope nope well you might know her by another name Miss Tina Knowles I definitely know her by that name. I did not know her name was Celestine. (laughs) That makes more sense now. That's that Creole side. All right, true. Okay, you're right. It's it's common within like the French Haitian. Okay. You have people in French Guyana, like that's a common, yeah, that's a common name. Okay, see for the history. Thank you, Evie. I did not know that. But I was like, okay, Miss Celestine. All right. So yes, um, most of you might know her as Beyonce's mother. I love going by her Instagram. I love seeing her dancing. She just be having all the energy. And she always posts really cute little videos of people doing fun things or funny things. And she always has, she has her corny jokes, but she seems like the, like the people's mother. Like she's just a, a fun lady, but she also, she be with it sometimes. And I love that too. She has been a hardworking woman all her life. She has done so many things. A lot of us know of things that she's done, you know, to help her daughter's career. You know, she used to design their clothing. And I was like, yes, she always had the three. Well, when it was, even when it was four and she used to design their clothing for Destiny's Child. I used to love how she would always put the little patterns together. Some would have a cute little short set. Some would have a little pants. Some would have a skirt, but it was all fly. It was so cute. She had a clothing line called House of Darion. But the thing that I've been seeing a lot from Miss Tina lately is a lot of her philanthropy work and all that she does to help a lot of people in the arts, a lot of youth and I have really been inspired a lot of, by a lot of the things that she has done. You know, it's interesting to me when I see a lot of these parents who take advantage of their celebrity children, and I don't even understand how they can do that. But when I see how Miss Tina Knowles has always been ride or die for her kids, not even just Beyonce, even Kelly and Michelle, she considers them their, her kids as well. And she'd be going for them, riding for them, but she's always had their backs. And now she's taking the, the um, notoriety that she's gotten from being a part of their work and now has started her own work and been helping a lot of people out with that. So I just wanted to shout out Miss Tina Knowles today for all the great work she does, as well as just the jokes, the laughs, and the bright spirit on the Instagram. I appreciate it. And I appreciate her. And I saw her with her new husband, 
on Black Love docuseries, uh, I think about two seasons ago. I was like, okay. Shout out to Miss Tina. And you seeing him saying her new husband, like they just got married. Well, I mean, like, they've been married for like well, five years. Like that ain't new. Look, I'm about to be at five years myself. See? And look, just imagine somebody say, you just got married. I still feel like it's new sometimes. <laughs> I feel like that's great when you still got the new feeling, the butterflies, the excitement. Somebody was like, oh, y'all just recently married. It feels like it, especially because I'm trying to go the long haul till death. Okay, so this is new. We trying to do, I don't know how old am I? Can I make it 30, 40 years? <laughs> Hope Lord willing, give God me the life and strength. So guys, it is the new year. Is it new year, new you, or same old you in the new year? What is it? I know everyone's like, new year, new me. And then two weeks into January, it's like, ah, I'm back to the old me. I'm for real trying to hold it down. So we're talking new year's resolutions. We're talking about the year of 2020 and how it was for me, 2020. And I think for a lot of people, it was, it was something. It was long. It was difficult. A lot of difficult moments. It was a lot of sad moments. Just thinking about the celebrities that we lost that were so pivotal in society. I mean, I'm sure there was people before Kobe Bryant, but that was like one of the first big, big celebrity losses that we had of 2020. And the list goes on and on, even down to just the end of the year when we were losing Alex Trebek. And I mean, it's just a lot of people. So I know 2020 had a lot of loss and we've also had a lot of COVID. That has really been a lot. We have seen so many people lose their jobs. So many people lose their, you know, their homes, their families have just been struggling. People have lost their lives. People in the hospital. It's just been very sad. We've had a lot of just tough times. What are some of the moments that have stuck out to either one of you guys? So I would say some of the parts um, that definitely stuck out was similar to what you just mentioned, just the depths of just different people too, that definitely sticks out for me is Kobe and Chadwick Bozeman. But also I lost one of my little homies who was only 30 years old. So that was a big shocker to the squad um, who passed away from you know, just a, a robbery going wrong. Well, people robbing him. And so that was something that definitely stuck out. But also, I think if there's a word that helped define 2020 for myself and people who I, I guess you could say do life with and I'm close to, is that sense of resiliency. Just because a lot of people, and to this day, people are still doing it, but people just overcame a lot. In March, I don't think people knew the magnitude of what COVID was all about. I think some people knew, only because if you go back and you look at old stuff from late last fall of November and December and January, people were saying that this is going to be bad and other people ignored that. But when you see that, like that, one of the biggest situations that tweaked, I guess, the decisions for a lot of people was when the NBA called off one of the games in the middle of it. No, we're not playing this game. Everybody go home, get home safely. And then that week started a ripple effect of a whole bunch of big name sports and big name events and conferences just saying, no, we're not meeting in person. And then from that point, you just started to hear about just the deaths and of course the protests and of course the uproar in the political divide or the tension in that area. And of course, tweets and press conferences and news and wear a mask, don't wear a mask. And you're just going back and forth and just seeing that this is wild the whole year. So I think just 
for me, the deaths and then the resiliency of the people, um, whether it was political, whether it was the racial stuff, whether it was the protests, those are just a few of the things that definitely stuck out to me that saying 2020 was definitely different. Absolutely. Uh, something that stuck out to me and not to regurgitate anything you guys said, and a lot of that resonates with me as well, but just the word adaptability. Like I was impressed by how the world was able mm. to so quickly adapt and it, you know, Sharika, I think about when I was talking about Santa Claus and you're like, girl, that's Jesus. And I was like one person who changed the world. But I'm thinking this virus, how it impacted the world and how quickly people and how resilient people were to it. Like I would have never thought, even though I had the ability to before to just have Zoom rehearsals with my students mm. or Zoom sessions like family who live so far away. I think about so many families like my in-laws, they were able to talk to people on Christmas that they never would have thought about calling or linking up with before. So those sort of things really stand out to me, the adaptability, the resiliency, uh, how connected the world mm. really is. I remember thinking I would have never in a million years given Tiger King a chance right? Like we're in the middle of a pandemic, but so many people, just different offshoots of people. Like I was hearing it from the minimal time I'm on social media to news outlets, to Snapchat, like all these different things. And they're all talking about the same thing. So I'm like, you know, for a world that's like, you know, everybody's so far apart and everyone has their own thing going on. It really is a small world after all. Mm, we are all yeah. so connected. And I was thinking about, you know, we hear from the media, oh, like <laughs> soon to be former President Church are talking about that people are angry, right? That people are angry and we'll dive into that later. But to see that most people really aren't, most people are really mm. good. Most people really care about the world and the way we take care of it. I remember when all those pictures started to come out because people weren't driving and across the world, nature was looking so beautiful and how the overwhelming response to that was, this is good. Like, this mm. is a good thing. Like, we need to get back into nature. We need to get back into caring about these things and connecting with the people. I've heard so many people talk about, like, how they really want to be intentional in their relationships this year just because of mm. what we've experienced. So, yeah, those are the two big words that I will always think about when I think of 2020. For me, the word for 2020 had to be relax. Not necessarily relax and take a break, but relax the anxiety, relax the running around, relax the just craziness because there are more important things that are going on. And we just need to sit down sometimes, stop what we're doing, pay attention to what's going on, pay attention to the things that actually matter, the family, the friends, the life, life itself. Everything, you know, could just be gone. And for a lot of people this year, it was just gone. They were told, you know, you no longer have a job. You know, people were told your loved one didn't make it. And that was an experience that I had that was extremely difficult and so painful. And so to me, it's like, what are we running around going crazy for things that don't even matter and missing the things that really do? It was a big time out last year for a lot of people and a lot of reevaluation of what your priorities are, what really matters. And I'm with, with your in-laws. I, for Christmas, Zoomed 
with a lot of family members that I, that I wouldn't normally talk to that because I don't love them, but you just don't ever think about, oh, we can actually do this. We can make, make our family time a priority and we don't have to be right next door to each other. We don't have to live around the corner with each other, but this pandemic made us realize, you know what, the old ways worked fine, but sometimes you got to switch it up because those old ways may not be able to work in these new times. I think we've come a long way. And at this point, I thought we would have been done with this pandemic, but it does not seem that it is going away. So with that in mind and knowing where we've been, what we've gone through. So what are you guys looking forward to in this new year, whether personally or outside of yourself? I have several little goals that I'm excited about in 2021. I won't pretend that I wasn't bummed out by the travel plans that got canceled. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit more of an optimist and a a realistic optimist. That's what I'll call myself. My husband will probably call me more of a naive optimist. So I was like, we can make, we can make moves, babe. And he's like, it's literally a pandemic. You can go watch TV or we can walk outside. We're not traveling. (laughs) So that was what it was. I'm really excited to hopefully get to go somewhere in 2021. I'm thinking after summer is when I will feel safe and comfortable. So that's cool. And Dave Ramsey, y'all, I'm putting y'all on. I know it's not the we recommend section, but I'm really looking forward to accomplishing our financial goals with Financial Peace University this year. That's something that me and my husband are both so excited about. We have gazelle intensity, and it's just a fun thing for us to be able to check those kind of things off of our list. One of them is definitely, for me, a financial goal. We tripled our bank account in a year. Praise God. It looks great. Literally, I can swipe and not even think about it. Now, granted, I don't do that, but (laughs) I can. Actually, I was looking at my bank account the other day, and I was like, I can go buy my wife a brand new car. She would probably kill me if I did it, because she don't want a new car. But I could. Praise God for that. And we tied faithfully, just in case somebody else out here listening going Amen. crazy. Hallelujah. But that's one. And then it's another goal that it's coming up soon. I'm not going to speak on it yet. But when y'all see it or hear it, you're going to be like, that's probably the one he was talking about on the podcast. But it's definitely coming up soon. It's coming as soon as like this month soon. So praise God for that. Most people don't know about it, so I ain't sharing it with a kickback squad. Our, my fellow co-hosts know about it, but it's not something that's public. So appreciate God for keeping me through some tough days, through a certain journey. And then the other thing is just traveling. Like this past year, we saw a few states. Like it's crazy that a year ago, we was getting ready to kick it with a squad of people um, in the mountains of Tennessee. And it seemed like it was way more than a year ago, but it was just a year. Like this month, we'll make it a year since we had the kickback, which was an event and it was great. Um, but me and the wife also, we was in Nevada and we was in Arizona. And we just kicked it in Kentucky. Did too many trips to Georgia. Even though I love the people we went to go visit, but I feel like we we did too many. It was like four trips to Georgia last year. And I can tell you every time we went, we came back, got tested, and your boys came back negative. Well, she's not a boy. She's a girl. Um, (laughs) But we both were (laughs) negative. So just stand safe. And the last goal is finding someone who we both can embrace and help throughout this year. I don't know how that would look. Um, I don't know if it's like a monthly thing that we'll do for a specific person or if we just find one person to just bless throughout the year because God has been faithful Mm. to us and we're trying to find a way to 
look out for somebody and it's likely will be a college student so if you're not in that level sorry we love you though um we're just trying to help somebody who really who isn't well a lot of people really indeed we're just trying to help somebody who need it so those are those are a few things that we're looking at for this year so more travel more saving money and uh an announcement coming soon about something that god has foreseen me through i have been trying to put my goals down in like a way that i can like remember them i'm trying to i was like i want to have a mental goal a spiritual goal uh physical goal, uh, financial goal, and even an emotional goal. And maybe I won't get up to all of them today, but yes, I'm definitely trying to get my finances together. I mean, I worked on my finances last year and I did good, but this year I'm like, you know what? We're still in a pandemic. There's no excuse. This is the time to buckle down. This is the time to save. This is the time to be fiscally responsible. It's always been a time, but now even more so, I've been reminded of my responsibilities and Dave Ramsey, yes, he, my husband loves Dave Ramsey. My husband's always talking about Dave Ramsey and we listen to Dave and I love Dave too, but you know what? It, it has been, it's not as easy. It's discipline. And that has been, that's going to be my word this year, discipline. Not just discipline in my finances, discipline in my physical health. I'm on a health journey this year that I'm, I start probably every year. And, I'm, and this year is not no different, except for I want to be more disciplined this year to see the health journey out longer than I have been in the past. Y'all pray my strength because it ain't easy, but it's necessary. And I'm excited to, you know, be healthy and eat well and me and Sabrina, a few months ago, we were exercising and all the things. And then your girl fell off. I fell off and I fell off real far. And I was just, listen, the holidays I was eating and it was great, but I knew January was coming. And when, and I prayed to God that I would make it to January. And when I did, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to do it. You know, we always encourage people to stay in their word. My goal with that is just to take my time more because I at, sometimes it feels like I'm just checking a box. Oh, I did this. I did that. But I want to sit down and, and really take my time and not feel rushed and not just feel like I'm checking off a box with the Lord. I want to sit and actually be with the Lord and, and really focus in that time and not be so distracted by things that aren't really important. I don't know. You know what? Everyone's looking forward to travel this year. I am, I'm going to try not to travel this year. Uh, I have traveled a little bit last year, like EB, safely, precautiously. I was never ill and praise God for that. But not because of COVID necessarily, partly COVID, yes, because I'm not reckless out here, but also because I feel like this is my year to just pair back. And pair back in a lot of different ways and try to just focus on some of the things that matter. And that goes along with my financial goal. So maybe I'll do some local trips. One of my good friends suggested do some local things. And there are a lot of local sites that I have not um, seen or, or and not have experienced. So this is also something to change. So don't hold me to, to this. At this point, I'm not tra trying to travel, but listen, you never know what the Lord has in store. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to, but this one is a little up for debate. I'm a person that likes new opportunities and a, a chance to restart, a chance to reinvent, a chance to begin again. And so I always love the new year 
And so I'm just looking forward to new, whatever the new things are, new experiences, new opportunities, new year, same God. I love that. New year, same God. Yes. We talked a little bit about 2020 and some of our hopes and aspirations and excitement for 2021, but something that Sabrina shared with us that we just had to bring it to the podcast. So yesterday, as I was walking around my house reading Donald Trump and his assault on truth, the president's falsehood, misleading claims, and flat-out lies. Shout out to my amazing mother-in-law who let me borrow this. I saw this quote from Jonathan Swift in 1710, y'all. And it says, as a vilest writer hath his readers, so the greatest liar hath his believers. And it often happens that if a lie be believed only for an hour, it hath done its work. Come wow. through in the art of political lines with the King James Version. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> All that to say, I'm going to drop a clip for y'all right now. Literally, it will speak for itself. Here it is. The people of Georgia are angry. And these numbers are going to be repeated on Monday night along with others that we're going to have by that time, which are much more substantial even. And the people of Georgia are angry. The people of the country are angry. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. Now, do you think it's possible that they uh, shredded ballots in uh, Fulton County? Because that's what the rumor is. And also that Dominion took out machines. Uh, that Dominion is really moving fast to get rid of their uh, machinery. Do you know anything about that? Because that's illegal. No, Ryan Germany. No, Dominion has not um, moved any machinery out of Fulton County. We're having. Well, but no, but, but have they moved? Have they have they moved the inner parts of the machines and replaced them with other parts? No. You sure, Ryan? I'm sure. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. But they are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard. And they are removing machinery. Uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can. Both of which are criminal fines. And you can't let it happen. And you are letting it happen. Oh, you know, I mean, I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find... Uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. So so tell me, Brad, what are we going to do? We won the election, and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. And it's going to be very costly in many ways. And I think you have to say that you're going to reexamine it, and you can reexamine it, but, but reexamine it with people that want to find answers, not people that don't want to find answers. You know, so. Mr. President, uh, you have people that submit information, and we have our people that submit information, and then it comes before the court, and the court then has to make a determination. We have to stand by our numbers. We believe our numbers are right. I don't know. You get to a point where you literally just have no words, right? Where you just are um, flabbergasted that an individual at that level, one, I don't feel like you should try to bamboozle anybody, but someone at that level is trying to bamboozle an entire nation. 
And part of me is like, this man cannot be serious with trying to force the issue on Georgia's election, I guess, leadership to find some imaginary votes that he believed he has. And then he's persistent in his pursuit to make sure that everybody in the world knows via this phone call that the election is, I guess, fraudulent. It's like, in a sense, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling that he's on this type of level. But I will say that I respect Georgia. I want to say he was on the phone with Georgia's Secretary of State. And if that's not who he was on the phone with, I apologize to our listeners. But the fact that this person could remain calm throughout all of this foolishness, because naturally part yes. of me would, like part of me probably would snap back. And then another part of me, I would just laugh and just be like, you're not for real right now, right? Yeah. Like this is just pure lawlessness. Like the same people he talked about during the summer of the looting and the rioting and the lawlessness and these is how America would look like. This is the behavior that he's putting out via his personal life, via his tweets, and then via his own voice. Because some days I'm like, somebody else has to be tweeting for him. No way the president is doing this. But then when you hear his voice, you're like, Mm. I'm not even surprised. It's so unreal to me. It's like, you're trying to say people are committing fraud while you are trying to do the same very thing. Come on. I I, I just can't, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real because it's like when you operate in common sense and a sense of decency, a sense of like rightness, and then you see somebody that just is not on it. It's, it just seems like unreal to me. It really seems unreal. And this person that's, I mean, I guess, you know, people, politicians always been trying to do dirt in the background and all that stuff, but it's just crazy when you actually get to hear it with your own ears and just be like, wow, I have my suspicions, but there's no denying this. The shocking part to me was how he absolutely believes his own lies. And uh, a doc, well, it's not a documentary, a show I'm going to recommend to you guys later. One of the people being interviewed on that show spoke about how when he kept telling this lie, he had to because the truth was so horrible to him. He just couldn't handle it. And so he kept telling himself this lie for like 20 years to the point he believed it. And I think that is the dangerous thing about our current president. Let's be honest, all the presidents have lied, have told lies. There are different, I guess for them, levels of lies, but the amount and the the repercussions of this president's lies are so damaging and when I heard that phone call that's when I'm like okay we're dealing with a person who's dangerous because he kept saying you know this is true no I won I won by thousands and it's like all of the legitimate proof has shown that you have lost but you are more willing to listen to and I told Edie earlier today the dangerous thing is the people on the team who are telling Trump these things because he believes it because someone's telling him no, they're wrong. Even though we heard on the call, the lawyers, the secretary of state, they're like, no, the information you have is inaccurate. He's like, well, that's what you say. Or no, no, you're inaccurate. And I should have never told people to vote for you. And then he's like spiraling down until where you get to like the bullying them and trying to- Are you talking about coercing them? Yes, Yes. exactly, Sharika. When he got to that kind of point and he's repeating like, you can find me 11,000 votes. The thing that you are accusing the other side of doing, you want done for you at this point. And there's always this omitting of the full story with him and et cetera. It really makes me believe if there is somebody that is a sleepy candidate, 
that is a dangerous candidate. That is someone who's not mentally stable. Before I thought he was mentally stable and he knew what he was doing. But now I'm like, no, he really believes this. Is that why he's tweeting that people need to fight and die for this? Sir, you didn't even fight and die for your own country. Last I heard, you went to Canada when the time came. <laughs> he had something on his foot. He had bone spurs or something, they said. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the problem. He is mentally unwell. If you really believe these things yourself, then you really got some mental issues. I don't, yeah, I, I definitely don't think he had a mental illness. Uh, I, I think that he is just like, I think you said it perfectly, mentally unwell and dangerous. Yes. I think it's a form of narcissism for sure. Mm -hmm. I think it is a result of someone who was used to being able to get their way and use their power yes. and influence to get their way. Yes. Now we're seeing an adult version of a full on temper tantrum, except you are impacting millions of people and exactly. with it. And we really cannot stand for this. So I know my state uh, representatives are probably tired of me, but they're about to catch another email. And I, you know, I really respect the fact that they respond. And I will salute this administration because I never emailed anybody before. Well, I remember when I was like in grade school, we had to like write the president a letter, but I, I didn't even know. Oh, what I, did that. I remember that too. Yeah, we did that. But now, like, if it wasn't for this administration, I would not be as aware I haven't been disaware mm. since I took civics in ninth grade because <laughs> after those tests, like that knowledge flew out the window. But I know all about what's happening in the House, in the Senate with this and that. So I do have this administration to thank for that. Now I need America to do its job and protect us from the crazy. Please. Please do that. Now, the other question is, what do you say about just I don't, and we don't have to dig too deep into it because I think I know the answers, but I'm just curious. What do you say to the people who are upset that the Georgia Secretary of State released the audio of the phone call? There's a law that states if one person, well, you know, I don't want to mess up the law. All I know is what he did wasn't against the law. Oh, it definitely wasn't against the law because it's public records with any call with the president. So I know that much. So that so that, that's where I'm saying. If someone is upset, why are you upset? If you exactly. are representing, now, if Trump was just at, President Trump, if he was just at home, chilling with his friends, if I'm just having lunch with you guys and we're not doing the kickback and y'all are recording everything I'm saying, I might have a little attitude. But when mm -hmm. I am standing in my job as the, you know what my job is, and then someone records me, if I'm representing that, then I can't be mad. You are standing yeah. in your job as the president of the United States. Guess what? You think what you're saying is fine anyway. So let the people know. You're representing the people. It needs to be out to the people. I am interested, though, Evie, because I hadn't heard that people were upset about that. What is their angle? What is, well, I guess we should hear from Sharika first, but then could you share that with us? I would say, I just got to quickly say, why are you more upset about the information being leaked than the information, than him saying those things in the first place? Why are you focused on that? He should have never said those things. He should have never been over there acting that way, trying to coerce people and I don't understand why you where why you whoever's mad I didn't know people were upset but I'm not surprised because some people will do anything for this man they will believe anything he says and like that quote Sabrina read earlier it's like they they will fall for all the lies and all the things so I'm not surprised that people are upset but I'm just like why are you more upset about it being released than the fact that he even made that call in the first place. I guess one of the people that a lot of people know is, uh, well, not a lot of people really know him, but David Schaefer. He's one of those lovely 
I want to say he's currently the chairman or former chairman of the Republican Party for the state of Georgia. He was one of the tweets that I had seen and because he has that sense of influence, especially with the Senate elections going on in Georgia. He was saying mind boggling that the Georgia Secretary of State and his lawyers would secretly record and release a confidential settlement conference with the president. And if you just read the comments from that tweet, you see a lot of people who are in line with him. And of course, there's a lot of people who's against like one of them was funny was one of the people commented, settlement conference, is that what you call extortion these days? Okay. Um, your president was coercing the secretary of state to try to swindle an election that was not fraudulent at all. So you just have, of course, naturally you always, not always, but you will have people on different sides of a spectrum when something, an issue is in the middle. It's just funny that no matter what certain individuals do in this world, people will see no wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most frustrating parts. And I think that's what it is. What his, I guess you could say, what his base, I don't even know yeah. what to call them anymore. I think people call them their base, but I, like a base usually means it's strong and it has some form of foundation, but I feel like it's like a rope of sand with some of those folks. <laughs> it's just like dwindling away. And again, oh, I think, yeah. I think, I think a Sabrina mentioned earlier that all presidents before Trump have lied. So mm -hmm. don't think that I'm saying all hell to Biden coming this month or in the next four years. But it's like some people seem to be treating him like Trump as if he's a god or a god yeah. sent. And that's the part that really takes me over the edge. This man doesn't have any decency. And that is obvious. And people who claim to be moral people act like that doesn't even matter or, or don't see it or just is blind to it. I just don't understand that at all. Please, America, somebody, we just got to do better. We just have to. It just, it just can't keep going like this. We just got to do better. As long as nobody gets hurt, I'm just going to be entertained when he gets escorted out of the White House. Well, he might not get escorted out of the White House. Why not? Because word on the street is the day before the inauguration, he's going to flee to Scotland because they don't have extradition charges that they like. They uh, are not a country where you can extradite from. Wait, That's just the rumors on Twitter. Flee? What is huh? he from? They're not going to prosecute him. Come on. I don't know. You got state of New York said they got charges waiting for him. Exactly. The That's calls, why they wasn't getting the vaccine. And that's why they still not getting the vaccine. Like they still sitting on it. And then the charge from the phone call. I know um, a lot of people mentioned some code, I don't want to misquote it, but there's a code of depriving or defrauding or tabulation of elections or whatnot. So they're saying that those will likely be federal charges that are filed against him. Now, granted, he's a president, so might not stick, but I also know that he might be just getting away from certain people to protect himself. But hey, we'll see. Inauguration day is right around the corner. Sure is. Amen. Well, we got a lot to just look forward to in 2021. We'll see how this continues to play out. So Sabrina, what do you have for back in the day? Well, back in the day, I told you guys that I really just need to let back in the day go. <laughs> that I was being a trash back in the day, last minute, just seeing what the Google Doodle was and et cetera. And I wanted to do something better. And then I never mentioned it again. It's not because I forgot. It's just because I wanted to at least finish season one out on a strong note. So what we'll have now is Mindful Matters. In this segment, I will be sharing my favorite aspects of positive psychology. What I love about this branch of psychology, y'all, is that it focuses on 
human strengths and virtues and what can really contribute to a pleasant, engaged, and meaningful life. We hear the word psychology and many of us immediately think of ailments or fixing and helping something that is off-center. And there's just this focus on the negative, right? And there's absolutely a necessary time and place for that. Here, though, we are going to dive into how to get the good to great and strengthen our strengths. I'll be inviting us to lean into being the best version of ourselves. As a Christian and a teacher at heart, this is something that is super exciting for me. And if you're listening and you're like, no, we want back in the day, you can just Google interesting facts and click on the history.com or NPR link, just like I did and get it popping. And honestly, I may even venture back there once a month or so. This is kind of experimental, right? We're in this together. I'm so thankful to my job, which helped me get through graduate school debt-free with an MFA in performance psychology, positive coaching concentration. But geez Louise, I feel like, especially with COVID, I haven't really had a chance to spread my wings with this knowledge in the way I'm dreaming of in the workplace. So guess what, kickbackers? You get to get it. All right. So that's what we're hopping into. Go ahead and get your minds ready for Mindful Matters coming in season two of the kickback. I am ready to be mindful this year. So I'm excited to hear about your new segment, Sabrina. Okay, now EB, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. So I might not do it today. Well, I'm not going to do it today, actually. I don't know when, but I might be switching out minds too, because I don't mind expounding, but I can expound a lot of other things. But today I am going to expound on something that I, I guess you could say did somewhat a bit of research on last year. And it's one word that we sometimes hear often, or sometimes you might not hear it at all. Or you only hear it during one part of a situation or life. And that one word is the word grief. Grief is universal. At some point in everyone's life, there will be at least one encounter with grief. Now, for me growing up, the only time I really thought about grief is the death of a loved one. But then I soon realized that people have grief when they lose a job. People have grief when they end a relationship. People have grief when, of course, they lose a loved one. People have grief when there's just some form of life-altering situation that takes place. Now, grief is usually something that is very, very, I guess you could say, personal. Now, granted, I may have learned it in um, as I got my degree, my bachelor's in psychology, or maybe even in high school taking a psych class, but I can tell you I didn't remember it. But late last year, I realized that there are five stages to grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, I always knew that denial was one. And you might be like, what is denial in the stage of grief? So in maybe a breakup or in, or in a, a severed relationship, it might be something just saying, they're just upset. This will be over tomorrow. You're probably just in a state of denial. It might be over for good and you just don't want to, or that person don't want to let go. Then you have, of course, the anger stage. Now, sometimes when it's a loss of a loved one, it's like, if she cared for herself more, this wouldn't have happened. Now, that can be taken in a lot of ways. And anger may mask itself in feelings of like bitterness or resentment. It may not be just this, I guess, clear-cut thing. It may be filled with a sense of rage as well. And not everyone will even experience the stage. It might be one of the stages that you 
skip. Like I said, the third one is bargaining. And the bargaining stage, for someone who, I know last year we had a lot of people because of mainly the pandemic who had to come to grips with job loss. If only I worked more weekends, they would have seen how valuable I am. And for some people, it's picking and choosing. We're like, why did they keep this employee and why they didn't, didn't keep me? And you start thinking through ways that if you would have done things better, how would have, I guess, things come about or ended? And then the last two stages, depression and acceptance. I know last fall, we talked a lot about mental health and just the different things that people go through. And for sometimes for someone who's just going through a lot of different situation, a moment of depression might say, my whole life comes to this terrible end where every little thing that's happening, you're just like, what is going on in my life? Or what did I do to deserve this specific thing? And then with acceptance, it can be a host of things, but it's just like, ultimately this was a healthy choice for me. Like that job, me losing it made me a better individual or the experiences that I gained from that job helped me get a better job or helped me to excel at my next job or it, opened me up to a sense of freedom to start my own business or to begin this new adventure in life. Now, there also are other people who said that there are seven stages of grief. It's just another popular model, but I chose to use the five one because I think it gets straight to it. And I think the seven stages of grief that, that some people lean into, it kind of says the same thing, but it just stretches it out more. So that's just really what I'm expounding on. And as you reflect back on 2020, you might be thinking, maybe you were in one of those five stages. Maybe you weren't. You might be still in one of those stages right now as you're trying to figure out what does 2021 look like for you. But I would say whatever you're going through or whatever you're dealing with, allow things to just process accordingly. Don't rush, I guess, the grief process for yourself. And if you have a loved one who might be going through different stages of grief, don't rush them through it either. Everything happens for a reason. And if you look up to, I guess we say the maker of the heavens and the earth, he will make things A1 in your life. So that's all I'm expounding on today. Thank you for sharing that, EB. Like be in touch with where we are and with those when those situations happen. Well, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, I may have experienced some of those things in 2020 myself. So thanks for sharing that with us today. Absolutely. EB is always reminding us too about the importance of being empathetic and letting people feel their feelings. Mm-hmm. EB. Appreciate that. Uh, yes, I'm still holding on to the fact when EB said let you feel your feelings because I, I appreciated the permission to do that. Yes, you have to, you have to, because sometimes we try to rush through it and then we wonder why certain, like, I'm not saying it's impossible to rush through it and then things don't get solved, but um, oftentimes when you rush through it, you don't have that time to process or even the people who are in your life, they don't give you that space. So you're rushing through a season um, or a situation or a scenario and you never really fully heal from it. It's just True. like having like open wounds or, or like through the skin, like you're just like, Oh, what happened to that scar? Like you and somebody else can get the same cut, but because they probably relaxed or they didn't have a Band-Aid on it a little longer because they wanted the air to clear it out or whatever. And it's like, why don't we have the same scar? And some people just get right back to the fight of things and just things never heal fully. So nah, you have that freedom. 
So Sharika, what are you recommending this week? So I've been seeing this recommendation on social media for the past week or so. It is a recommendation to watch the movie Soul. If you got Disney Plus, it's on there. Now, I'm recommending it because I need to know what y'all think about it. I watched Soul and it, it was good, but it left me with more questions than answers. And not necessarily questions from the movie just questions about myself. So I recommend that you guys watch Soul and I would love to hear back on what you thought about it and what it said to you about you. Some of the cartoon movies have been deep. Like, oh, now I can't even think about it. The one about feelings and emotions. I haven't seen that one either. I know what you're talking about though. I can't think of the name of the movie. It was a cartoon um, and it had sadness and it was joy and... um, and anger and it had this- oh inside out yeah that was it was similar to that kind of energy and the reason why i say i like those cartoon movies that kind of get deep because it kind of gives kids a little language or words to kind of put to some of their emotions or thought process or feelings that you know when we were younger i'll say when i was younger it was like did we did your feelings matter did do we care no we don't like society didn't seem to like give a care about your feelings. It was like, do what we said, clean up the house, throw, you know, get your room together, do your homework. It was, was your feelings important? I don't know. So I feel like these little movies are helping our little young kids be able to process some things, maybe understand some of their little feelings, but more. So that's another reason why I am recommending because I do like that aspect of it. But I, I, I don't know, as a grown woman, I'm like, hmm. In that same vein, if we're talking about kids and their feelings, listen, when I say what I'm going to say, it, it's not going to connect, but you guys give me a chance, okay? For my recommendation this week, I would like to suggest you guys watch at least one episode of Netflix's I Am a Killer. This is a show about death row inmates convicted of capital murder and they are giving a firsthand account of their crimes in this documentary format. The reason it connects to what you were talking about, Sharika, is because something I've noticed, first of all, I didn't know that only 10% of murderers are women, most are men. And then I think also about the fact that what American society at least says to men, right? Like, don't cry. Men are expected not to talk about their feelings. And many of these inmates, as they talk, were abused physically and sexually in childhood. There's no, listen, I'm not giving them a pass for killing. But when you watch this, it would surprise me if you didn't have compassion for 98% of the murderers because of the hellish childhoods that they had where the system failed them over and over again. And it's almost like, did we create this? Mm. When the social worker didn't step in, when the boy went to the police officer and had a picture of his foster dad who was holding a young child's private space, you know, I'll say, I don't, I don't know why I don't wanna say penis, but yes, that's what he was doing. And the cops were just told him to go home and did nothing about mm. it. Then he grows up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just like, wow watch that if nothing else 
just what Evie always talks about, learning to be empathetic, walking a mile in a person's shoes, knowing that situations aren't black and white, there's shades of gray. And if, for me, it just reaffirmed my calling and working with young people and giving them a space to be great, to talk about their feelings. The performing arts really does that. It's really, really important. Really, I mean, I know sports does that too. There are a lot of, I mean, cooking classes and just caring about and giving mm. kids a voice and giving kids a chance. And Evie even talked about earlier, wanting to pour into kids. Like you can call Tampa, not you specifically Evie, but this is a, just a side recommendation. So many of these young kids in foster care programs, you can just be a birthday buddy. I know it's not realistic wow. to say everybody go adopt someone, but a lot of these kids in foster care don't have a family member or anybody who remembers their birthday. So a birthday buddy, just once a year, you send this kid a card like, hey, happy birthday. Here's a little, just I acknowledge you, you matter, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of these inmates at the heart of it felt they didn't matter or they are high on drugs, but often <laughs> the drugs <laughs> were to numb the pain. Yeah. Uh, but that is a really, I got into that kind of like I got into that other thing and then I was afraid to be in the house alone but <laughs> very interesting watch one or two episodes Evie what you got for us I would say before we continue I am a killer is great I never want to be in the mind of people who think I don't even say think evil I, I don't like being in the mind of people who have experienced more than I can even fathom for myself whether it's them doing or the stuff that they've dealt with and it's just like one of those things, wow. So I would also say great, but if I would have rated it just on me being me, I give it like an eight out of 10, only because I feel like it was some solid storylines. And it was just like, what if this how God and the angels really do create us? Like in the mother's womb of like mm. how we come about um, our personalities, our traits, our mindset. Like how does this stuff work? And then sometimes when you see people, maybe it's somebody who you grew up with, and I don't want to tell the story, but maybe it's somebody who you grew up with. Maybe it's somebody who you cool with, or maybe it's somebody who you knew from school or you knew from work. And like, why are you acting like this? And then be like, mm. could they, could like, this is somebody else that's inside of them. And maybe, I'm not saying this is the case, but you watch this movie and you'd be like, this is weird, but it's also dope. That's just my opinion. Um, I give it an eight out of 10. But as Sabrina was talking about just briefly, as far as being like a foster child's, um, I guess, birthday buddy, you can even, one, you can follow our Instagram, The Kickback. Uh, but we also have a friend of ours, or I guess I'll say most, a friend of ours. Yeah, I'll say a friend of all three of ours. Um, her name is Mojo. I don't want to give out her government name. I'm just saying Mojo. But she is, she works as a matching specialist for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Um, and no matter where you're at across this lovely nation of ours, she probably can find a way to match you with someone if you're interested. So if you're interested, you can just holler at our Instagram and we'll get you connected with her. If you're thinking about maybe pouring or pouring into someone or investing in someone in the year 2021. But what I'm recommending is on the lighter side. I love listening to great people sing because I know I don't have a great voice when it comes to singing. You put me in front of a mic to speak, I feel like I knock it out the park nine out of 10 times. One time I might fall and fumble, but nine out of 10, I feel like I'll do a great job. But there is a Netflix, I guess you could say, um, show, so to speak, called Voices of Fire. Mm. And you have a, if I'm not mistaken, a pastor, and I, I believe he's um, Pharrell's uncle, um, but they go through this series of just getting a group of people. It's only like six episodes. All of them are around 30 to 40 minutes. But when you talk about some amazing backstories 
um, or testimonies and some beautiful voices. It's like, what a way to start off. And it's all faith-based, or not all of it, but it's faith-based um, for those of you who are just wondering. And even if you're not, like you don't know Jesus like that, maybe this might be something that you lean into and you're like, ooh, they be singing like this in church. Now I will tell you, not all churches singing like this. Not all church got singers like this. But I can tell you that you will be blessed by the voices that God um, have placed in the, I guess you could say the bodies of these individuals. And then when they had that mass choir, I'm just saying like, dang, I want to borrow these people for just what we do. Um, mm. But it's just, just amazing. Voices of Fire is what I'm recommending to you guys. It's only six episodes. It's on Netflix. And most of the, I would say all of the episodes are relatively short. My mother-in-law recommended that to me. I have yet to watch it. But I'm not, okay, is it a competition show? Like the only competition that I noticed was when they started competing for who was doing solos or whatnot. Mm. Um, but it wasn't like a, you trash, go to the next. Like it wasn't an American Idol or okay. um, American yeah, Got Talent type of show. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Check it out, it's six quick episodes. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. Well, that's it for us this week, people. Happy New Year. Hope you guys are off to a great start. We are literally already a week into the new year. So I hope, I guess I'll say this is the last, not necessarily a recommendation, but advice I would give before we close out. And I don't know if Sharika or Sabrina, y'all got anything to say, but even if you have already fumbled the bag on your new year's goals or resolutions, just don't quit, keep going. It's okay if you yeah. missed a day or two of going to the gym or walk, walking or working out or eating healthy or saving money or whatever your goals are, reading the Bible. I don't know, whatever goals you have, calling a friend, calling a neighbor, visiting someone, whatever your plans or goals or resolution are, do not quit. We are in this together. I think Sabrina talked about it earlier in the podcast of how we've been locked in with, it showed a sense of connectedness in 2020. Let's continue that and just know you are not alone in the things mm -hmm. that God has placed on your heart to see through 2021 or maybe 22, but like, just keep at it. Stay focused. Last year, you used to send out these things like, oh, you're so, you're one month in or two month in, don't give up. You can keep going. I was like, yes, I can. And then towards the end, I'm like, no, I can't. It's too late now. No, you can go. You can. Yes. I missed one day yesterday of my Bible reading, but guess what? I caught up today. So don't give up yet. It's okay, guys. You can do it. I do love with both of you, the Bible app will be like, Evie, save this image. And it told me that you finished your plan last year, Sharika. So I did. I don't know how I even got connected. I don't know how it works, but I love seeing my friends finish their plans or do this or do that with the Bible app. That's really cool. Yeah, I read the whole Bible in a year last year. Oh, snap. And that's the second year in a row that I've done it. And I've started my new year plan for this year as well. I missed, like I said, I missed one day yesterday, but I caught up yesterday's and today's. Do you read the same translation each time or do you switch it up or? I don't, I read the same translation. I like the New Living Translation, but this year I'm reading a chronological Bible and I've never done that where it's telling this, all the stories are like in order. Like today I was listening to like about Noah and the ark and then it jumped to when he was, they were talking about the genealogy of Noah's kids. So the stories match for the reading and I'm in, yeah, for, and it's the Bible in a year. All right. Well, again, hope y'all guys and gals and whomever have you identify as are doing great out there. Um, just remember, if life tries to knock you down, just make sure you kick back. Until next week. <laughs>